Marine Corps veteran George Bryant shares his personal struggles in life in the Marine Corps and how those struggles ultimately helped him become the highest paid digital marketing consultant in the world. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Since 1933, Navy Federal Credit Union has been committed to being there for our members through all of life's challenges. Join Navy Federal Credit Union in thanking service members during Military Appreciation Month. Show your appreciation with tweets, posts, captions, and letters using hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks. All right, we're talking to with Marine veteran George Bryant from MindOfGeorge.com. So, George, before we get to talking about uh, entrepreneurship and you're, you're really big into digital marketing, doing phenomenally successful there, let's go back and talk about what you did in the Marine Corps. Yeah, this is a... Uh... This is one of my favorite questions because not many people ask me or understand what I'm saying most of the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I um I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, when did I dep in? I depped in, uh, God, like January of 2002, and I joined the Marine Corps to run away uh, from a pretty broken home and childhood. So, mm. physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. I tried to emancipate myself at 15. So I was basically homeless and living alone and trying to fend for myself, working full time. And um, I needed to get out of there. And so, of course, the best thing I was like, what's the hardest thing I can do? And uh, I've walked into a recruiter's office. They told me I was too fat. So they helped me lose 50 pounds. I forged my parents' signature to Dep in and uh, I shipped to boot camp July 29th of 2002 to good old Paris Island. So um, I... Uh, I went into the Marine Corps pretty, um, pretty broken, not really um, done any work or healing on much of my childhood. So I just stacked, you know, a very <laughs> structured but disorganized um, life in the Marine Corps on top of it. And so actually ended up being the honor graduate at Paris Island. And then I went to Marine Combat Training, became the honor graduate at Marine Combat Training. And then I went to MOS school. And uh, I went for calm, so I was a forty sixty six in the beginning, and then we shifted to o six. And yeah. so um, I was a, a calm marine, and uh, I actually graduated first in my class there, and you know got to pick my duty station, which was Cherry Point. And then as soon as I picked my duty station, I got there, checked in the master guns. It's like we're looking for somebody to go to Somalia, and I was like, I'll go because you know <laughs> I just wanted to run as fast as I could. Yeah. Volunteered my way to Somalia. Um, actually spent 13 months of my life in Somalia. I was there for seven and then they extended me for six. Wow. And um, that's where the fun really, really began. And so um, I was a full-on comm marine, meritoriously promoted, um, all the way up to corporal at that point. Spent 13 months there. And then in December of 2004, I almost lost both my legs uh, to exercise-induced compartment syndrome. Ended up staying in in country until they brought me home in May of 2005. And uh, on my post-deployment physical, like the day we got back, they did an MRI and I was on the operating table about six hours later. Um, I'd shot blood clots everywhere. So I ended up having six emergency surgeries, spent 12 months in a wheelchair, went through two limb do boards. And then they looked at me at the end of the second one. They're like, we're going on your third. And at the end of this, we're kicking you out. And I was like, okay, well, I was more scared of going home than I was fighting through pain to stay in. And they're like, we're going to amputate your legs. And I'm like, no, you're not. And so I basically ballooned up almost 80 pounds because I was sitting in a wheelchair. And um, my master guns looked me dead in the eyes. And he's like, you have 60 days 
to pass a PFT and to lose the weight or you're out. And uh, it kind of put a fire into me. I ended up passing a PFT barely, and I'm talking barely. I think I ran a 27-minute three-mile. Pull-ups and crunches were easy, but I could barely walk still. And then um, they gave me some leniency, put me in BCP just to keep me accountable so I could lose the weight. And Mm -hmm. then um, I ended up dropping the weight in about 30 – 30 days after the PFT. So it took me about 90 days to get back within higher weight standards pretty aggressively. And then it, it lit a fire into me and I kind of became addicted to working out in fitness well in. And so this point I was meritoriously promoted a sergeant and then um, stayed in, uh, basically ran a half Ironman, did a tri- started doing triathlons, became literally a black belt uh, in McMap, started going for my instructor trainer, became, you know, um, uh, uh, whatever the swim qual is above one, the, the, the rescue swimmer one, I did that. Like I basically yeah, just set like my WSO sights on or something yeah, w, like WSQ, WSQ. WSQ. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been eight years, right? So it's been a little while. <sighs> and so I basically set my sight on being the best at everything that I could do. And I volunteered for everything and then ended up getting transferred to Pendleton, uh, not to Pendleton. I ended up getting transferred to K Bay, spent three years in K Bay during that time, um, my dad got sick with cancer. I ended up getting a humanitarian transfer to a reserve unit in Rhode Island. Um, took care of my dad for six months. At that point, I was promoted to staff sergeant. Um, so I made staff sergeant in five years and 11 months and stayed there, took care of my dad, lost my dad, adopted my brother, moved him back to Hawaii with me. Um, three weeks later, I got orders to Pendleton, checked into Pendleton and they're like, Hey, you're going to ninth calm and you're going to Afghanistan. So pumped in, didn't really have much time. Um, did a six month workup, went to Afghanistan as the calm chief for, uh, alpha platoon and ninth calm, uh, camp Leatherneck, lots of, you know, fobs and missions there. Ended up getting pretty hurt um, in workups and out there. Ended up having seven concussions in two years. So I had traumatic brain injury, some bleeding on my brain, you know, from unfun circumstances that happen in country. And uh, so did my full deployment there, found CrossFit out there, found Paleo, really like kind of took control of my life. At this point, I was running 300 PFTs, 300 CFTs. I was running, you know, PT. I was the comm chief for 9th Comm Battalion. And, uh, came back and on the on the back trip of Afghanistan they looked me dead in the eye and they said listen you're not going to make it if you stay in for eight more years and uh they're like your legs your head your body your PTSD blah 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 blah." so they started a med board um in 2012 2012 and they moved me to McTissa and uh, at this point like I was still trying to stay in I went through staff academy um, you know, was in the top two at staff Academy and did all that stuff. And then they were like, Hey, um, your med board's going through, we're going to process you out. And quite frankly, I was petrified because 12 years in medical separation, you don't get retirement, you don't get anything. And I had nothing to go back to. I had nothing to fall on. And so, um, I actually started documenting my food journey. I was eating well, I was cooking. And so I taught myself how to cook and started a website. And so, they came back, and I think it was June of 2013. Um, at this point, I was pretty checked out in the Marine Corps. I was in zone. I was uh, a gunny select. Um, my number was actually supposed to pin June 1st of 2013. June 3rd, I got a message saying my package was approved, and I was out of the Marine Corps as of May 31st. And so they, sa- they saved themselves about 25 grand on the way out the door by backdating my 
my steps and so I didn't get to pin Gunny. Oh. And uh and I got out and I spent the first 30 days um figuring out what the heck I was going to do with my life. And I got out from the VA rated 80% VA, 20% DOD. So it was medically separated. Mm-hmm. Um and then one one doctor's appointment, they they gave me 100% permanent in total um for my injuries cuz I can't feel my legs from the knee down. You know, I get massive headaches, concussion from all the concussions and things like that. I've had nerve blocks and stem cell treatments and, you know, Botox and all those different pieces. But I'm thriving now. I'm absolutely amazing. And um, so I started a business and I became an influencer and a food blogger. And um, really what it was is I jumped from one addiction to another, right? So in the Marine Corps, it was nice because there were no days off, right? There was no, hey, I'm going to take a week off. Like I'm going to be lazy. It's like, nope, I'm up at 3:45 every morning and I'm home at 9 PM every night being <laughs> a staff NCO with 55 Marines. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when I got out, I basically just replaced that with a new form of addiction and, you know, structure, which was me becoming an influencer and a food blogger. And so that was basically my Marine Corps career to the to the transition. And and what's really nuts about it is um, I used a lot of the skills in the Marine Corps, like, you know, my focus, the determination, the drive and everything to yeah. succeed. And in two years, I went from literally being nobody and not having a, a career to one of the top paleo websites in the world. I became a 22-week New York Times bestseller. I launched an app and hit number one in the world, got featured by Apple as a top health app of 2015 and uh, built up – about a million social media followers and about 5 million people a month who saw my website and my recipes. And I was literally just hiding from people. (laughs) I was using social media and blogging and websites to basically avoid dealing with what I'd experienced for 12 years of my life, you know, 18 months in, in country, Mm -hmm. you know, I lost uh, 28 Marines to suicide over 12 years. Um, I witnessed three of them, um, all three of them being my Marines. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. Um, it was hard to think about the fact that like I could take, you know, a hundred Marines to Afghanistan and then I could bring them all home and then I could lose them five minutes from me. Yeah. And it was something that, that really, really I struggled with and I never gave myself the time and space to do the work. I never, you know, went to therapy. I never processed most of it. I never, I just pretended like it was going to go away. If I just kept working out really hard or working really hard or succeeding in business that, it was going to somehow make it go away. And, and it was horrible because for about three years through my marriage and with my children, I was like an empty soul. Like you would look into my eyes and you wouldn't see anything. And it was, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And it was like numb. And I didn't think I knew how to feel. And, uh, I was, I was successful on paper, but I was completely miserable, depressed, suicidal tendencies. Um, addicted to all the medication, you know, cause the VA likes to pump that down you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had me on everything from hydrocodone to blood pressure medication to, to steroid stuff to whatever. And they're like, don't move, like, don't get out of bed or you're going to pass out and don't try to do it. And it was, it was a real big, big struggle. And, um, it was when my wife became pregnant with my son that everything kind of hit me really, really hard. Um, mm-hmm. I ended up going and checking myself into the hospital just to have some time and space. I wasn't suicidal, but I just needed, I needed something quick and fast and I really needed a pattern interrupt in my life. And so, um, I checked myself in and, uh, about two hours in, I was like, I don't belong here. Um, but this was really good for me. And so I did it on a Friday. So I had to stay through the weekend and by Sunday I was like, Hey, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to face this. 
And I really started exploring a whole lot of like healing modalities, um, alternatively than medicine, breath work, cold therapy, saunas, meditation, um, you know, spirit retreats and, and all the things that allowed me to really heal and process a lot of the trauma that came up. And, and in that, I also realized that the business that I had built was basically poisonous. And I built a business that fed those addictions, the dopamine, the validation, the Hmm. To everybody seeing me and and I didn't know who I was. I had no idea who I was as a human. I had no idea who I was as a man. I had no idea who I was as a father, as a husband. And um, so after about, I'd say five years, like from 2013 to 2018 of like really intense work, like cognitive behavioral therapy. I did two years of EMDR. I did MDMA assisted psychotherapy for my nightmares and PTSD. I did nerve blocks and stem cells and blood transfers and like every single thing that you could imagine. And it was amazing. And I, I made progress, but I realized that I had to let the past be the past. And so I actually woke up one day and I walked away from the company that I built and I gave it away. No strings attached, no sale, no nothing. I walked away from a seven figure business huh. and said, I can't do this anymore. I deleted social media. I deleted my website. I basically disappeared. I changed my phone number, changed my email. And I spent two years completely disconnected from the world and just present in my life with my family, with my kids and with my wife. And then it was about two years ago, um, that I healed. I figured out who I was, like who I wanted to be in the world, the man I wanted to be let go of the identity of like, Oh, I'm a veteran or I was a Marine or, you know, wrapped into my identity being things outside of myself. And I said, okay, I have a pretty good skill set. I've learned a lot here. I'm going to help the world. And I changed my career. I became a digital marketing consultant and teacher. And I've now helped over 300 companies scale to seven, eight, nine, or even 10 figures. I've built $2 billion companies. I've helped over 50,000 entrepreneurs like succeed online. And um, my heart's pretty full doing this work every day. I run a men's group. I teach breath work. I teach you know, human psychology for marketing. I teach healing modalities and personal development. And, um, you know, to say it was rough is an understatement. Um, I look at it now and I'm smiling as we say this because it's really nice to be able to look back. But, you know, there was a good period of like six years where it was hard to even pick my head up. It was hard to look back to see where I was. It was hard to look forward and figure out where I wanted to go. It was hard to process that I wasn't a Marine anymore, that I wasn't you know, a leader of 55 Marines that I, I couldn't identify myself with those. And, and really what was hard was processing all the trauma, processing the death, processing the loss, processing the fact that I still talk to all those Marines families and I see their kids getting grown and raised and I see their moms being single moms. And, you know, those are the things that I work on every day now. And so I turned all that energy into service. And I now sit on the board of a couple nonprofits for veterans where um, like Healing Our Heroes is one of them where we make documentary films and then we use that to fund veterans getting free stem cell treatments for their traumatic brain injury. Um, Kyle Berquist and Will Hinkson, um, one doctor and one former Special Forces Marine um, run that company. We donate $40,000 treatments for stem cells. We take them on journeys. And so now I've just used my experience in my past and now my new life and job and business to support veterans and change the conversation as much as possible. And that's the shortest summary that I could give you of like a good 18 years of my life. Wow. And, you know, I, that's a, a, 
unbelievable story, George. I think you did it all without taking a breath. That was like 15 minutes and you didn't even breathe once. I did. I know. It's, it's pretty insane. I do this a lot. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty good at breath work now. <laughs> that was like a, you're on like a 15 minute roll, man. But you, you, you eloquently just walked all the way through it without me having to say a thing. So, um, but I will say this is a good stopping point. Uh, it's a midpoint. So we're going to take a quick break and, and we'll be right back. No one is more reliable and committed than the men and women of the military. That's why since 1933, Navy Federal Credit Union has been committed to being there for our members through all of life's challenges, and they have been there for me and my family. I've been a member for over 30 years. Navy Federal Credit Union was with us through all the PCS moves, all the deployments, peacetime and wartime, and to this day, over 30 years later, I'm still using the same Navy Federal checking and savings account. May's Military Appreciation Month. Navy Federal is proud to serve active duty military veterans and their families, During the month of May, Navy Federal is celebrating with special offers on car loans, credit cards, certificates, and more. Also, if you want to join Navy Federal in showing your military appreciation during the month of May, show it with using the hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks. Get out there on social media, post what you want, show your support, and use the hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks, our members of the mission. Navy Federal is federally insured by NCUA. All right, we're talk- back talking with Marine veteran George Bryant from Mind of George. George, phenomenal story. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, some really deep stuff. I know we could spend probably a couple hours just talking about that. But yeah, if we want to talk could. about, you know, after your two-year hiatus of basically just unplugging from everything, you decided to come back. And you yeah. went into the digital marketing world. And so you're, um, you're, you're one of the highest paid digital marketing consultants in the world, in the world really, at this point. And when you came back and started it on digital marketing, walk us through that and, and, and talked a little bit about how you went basically from, you, you weren't really starting from zero because you'd been in it no, before. No, I'd already, pretty I'd already done it myself, right? Yeah. So yeah. So what was pretty interesting, just kind of like the Marine mentality was, nobody's going to give me what I need, but we have to make it work anyways. And, uh, you know, that's how I built my career in the Marine Corps. And that's how yep. I built my career, you know, with the company Civilized Caveman when I ran it. And, um, but through that process, I self-taught myself, everything I self-taught email marketing, affiliate marketing, social media, website design, photography, a lot of different aspects and areas of digital marketing. And when I went dark, like when I deleted social media, I had a pretty big following, right? Like I had a lot of people that knew me. I was connected to a lot of people and people started to just to see me and call me. And during that period when I wasn't really online, I was getting a lot of phone calls like, hey, I know you're not doing this anymore, but can you come help our company do this? I'm like, yeah, I'll help you. And I started flying all over the world, helping companies, you know, build and scale their companies. And, you know, I've worked with Men's Health, Titleist, TaylorMade, Adidas, Reebok, Vital Proteins, on it. like the list goes on. And um, and it was in that process when I was dark of the world, I was I was doing this as a consultant and helping people do what I had done. And I learned a lot through it and I, I figured out a way to basically marry the worlds of, you know, human psychology, understanding NLP, neurolinguistic programming and marketing all together into one world and started utilizing it to build some really big successful companies. And I've helped people all the way from pre-revenue all the way up to $7 billion a year in revenue. And, um, all of it came from being self-taught. And so really what it was is, is kind of my mindset was always, um, you know, field of dreams is bullcrap. Like if you build it, they don't come. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to build it with people. And so that was kind of my thing. I'm like, okay, well, 
I didn't know I was a consultant. People like, hey, I want your help. And I'm like, cool. And then like, well, I want to pay you. I'm like, why would you pay me? I'll just help you. And they're like, no, no, you're a consultant. I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, you charge money for your brain. And I'm like, oh, I like this. I'm addicted to hearing myself talk. Like I can do this. And uh, that's really like how it was. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to build this consulting business. I'm going to do this. It was like, I'm going to find people that need my help and I'm going to help them. And then when we're done, if they decide they want more, they want to pay me, then that's a really good way to do business because we're playing reciprocity. You win first, you pay me second. And it just kind of became the way that I started doing business. And through that, though, I started applying a lot of those same principles to digital marketing. You know, I came up with seven marketing laws. I started, you know, studying, and creating customer journeys. I started teaching people the conscious and subconscious customer journey and how to do all this right and really work in business on a level deeper than the transaction, right, which goes from making one-time customers to making lifetime customers. And so after about two years of doing it silently – um, for a lot of other people, you know, I tell everybody I was like Bruce Wayne and Batman, right? Like I'm Bruce Wayne. Everyone's like, oh, you were this food blogger. But underneath the surface, I was literally helping companies, you know, make millions and billions of dollars. Um, you know, like the most money I've ever spent in a month on Facebook ads is $25 million, which is kind of mind blowing to think about. Uh, in a month? In a month. <laughs> in a month. $25 yeah. million. Wow. Zuckerberg yeah. loves you. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and, and listen, like, I was lucky. I created a job where I got to play Monopoly with other people's money. <laughs> and it was a really, really good job because I didn't have any risk. Now, of course, like, I didn't sleep most of the time because I was like, oh my God, I can't lose this money. I got to make it work. I got to make it work. But I got to learn a whole lot through a whole lot of experience very, very fast. And I, I, I realized the analogy would be like taking somebody who literally just finished boot camp and dropping them into country and being like, get ready to learn. That's kind of like what it felt like. and um, But I evolved and adapted pretty quickly. And then after doing it, I realized that most of the companies I was helping weren't really interested in helping other people. They were interested in helping their bottom line. They wanted bigger jets. They wanted bigger houses. They wanted more money. And I was like, mm-hmm. I felt pretty empty. And I was like, why am I using this talent I have to help people that aren't really going to help more people. Like this isn't why I do what I do. And this isn't why I joined the Marine Corps and why I do this. Like I want to do good in the world. Like I've caused enough pain. I've caused enough damage. And so my wife looked me dead in the eye one day and she said, baby, it's time to go help the people that need the help. And I was like, okay. And she's like, go back on social media. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I just started a Facebook group and I was like, I'm going to break the digital marketing game because I'm going to give away everything for free that most people charge for. Because just like healthcare, like I think <clears throat> I think every human deserves access to basic healthcare. I think every human deserves access to clean water. I think every entrepreneur deserves a fighting chance to know if they have an opportunity to win without having to pay for it. And I've watched way too many people take anywhere from a grand to $100,000 from people and give them nothing and put them into debt and cash out their 401ks. And I was like, you know what? I can't teach the stuff that I teach and live differently. And you know, human beings don't pay for products. They use products to vote with their dollars to pay for access and accountability. And so I was like, if I give away everything for free, I'm going to build a community of people. I'm going to help a ton of people. And I feel like once they win and get momentum, they're going to be more inclined to work with me in the first place. And and that's kind of how I built my model. And so far, it's been working really, really well. I now own eight companies that all came to me for free. Um, You know, I own a supplement company, a diaper bag company, a protein bar company, a couple digital marketing companies. And I I literally spend all my days every day um, giving away three to four hours of content for free to help anybody in business understand 
marketing, the psychology of marketing, email, social media, offers, you know, paid media, every, every strategy and tactic that you could ever have, but always built on a solid foundation. And so, um, you know, when I, when I think about that, and, and I think about, you know, people that listen to this and, and, and one of the things that I see most businesses struggle with is that one of the things that I focus on the most when I help people is getting really, really clear, right? So the analogy would be, don't be a sniper rifle, not a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, understanding that you don't need funnels, you don't need automations, you don't need software. Like buying a gym membership doesn't make you skinny. Going to the gym makes you skinny <laughs> if you eat right, right? Yep. Buying software and services and tools doesn't make your business work. It actually overcomplicates them. It's the relationship with your customers and what you do in the journey that you take them on that makes it work. <clears throat> and so I basically told my team last year, I said, I want to break the digital marketing system. And I said, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take everything that we know and we're going to give it away for free and all the sh- crap Excuse my, I, I paused myself. All you the crap. Slipped there. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know if you have an explicit podcast. I'm doing really good. Yeah. Um, I don't all, label all, it that. So yeah. <laughs> all the, all the crap on the internet, they're going to have to do one of two things. They're either going to go out of business and stop stealing from people, or they're going to have to up their game and actually deliver on what they promise. And so, you know, we started that about a year ago. And we literally post two videos for free every single day in a Facebook group, um, which is, you know, when you go to mindofgeorge.com, you get all of this stuff for free in our Facebook group. And then now we're launching a podcast and a YouTube channel. And I literally every day post or create anywhere between a, a three and a 30 minute video for free on different aspects of business, how to do certain things, how to scale certain things, how to fix things. And, and we cover all of it because, you know, entrepreneurs and especially small to medium businesses are what makes this world run. And without us, people's lives don't change. Without us, the economy doesn't run. Without us, the world stays the same. And it's not the big businesses, right? And and when I say small to medium, I'm talking up to like 500 million a year because that's what's considered mid cap on, uh, on on the big side, right? And so you know, my mission is to help anybody. And it doesn't matter if you're pre revenue or doing a billion a year, because when you focus on the right things, the right strategies, tactics, foundations, and principles, like you have a guaranteed chance of success. You just got to be very intentional and methodical about what you do. And that's kind of how I, how I see digital marketing. And and the one caveat I'll say, and and this is one of the things I ask people all the time, people like, how do you learn this stuff? And I was like, well, I taught myself 99% of it. And I said, but I'm not a genius. Like I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, right? Like I'm tenacious and I'm stubborn, right? And so I'm like, I'll do it until I figure it out. And I said, but you know, one of the ways that I look at digital marketing is that most people get it wrong. And most people get it wrong because they think digital marketing is different than being in a relationship in person. And it's not. And so like one of the things that I do, I'm like, if I owned a grocery store, would this make sense? And I'm like, oh no. So I'm like, so I probably shouldn't do it online. And like, I'll give you an example. I love this one. Can you imagine if you went to the grocery store and you weren't on isolation or whatever was going on? If you went to the grocery store and you went to buy a dozen eggs and you paid for it and then you took two steps like, wait, do you want a dozen more? I'll just add it to your credit card. You're like, no, I just bought a dozen. And then you walk three more steps like, wait, I'll give you four dozen for half the price. Like we'd get arrested for assault, (laughs) right? Yep. But yet people think it's okay to do online. And they forget that on the other end is a human and 86% of marketing is word of mouth and the average consumer gives eight to 10 brand recommendations or non-recommendations in a 60 second conversation. So Hmm. I watch these companies devalue relationships and transact with people 
and create anti-marketing machines against their company. And then they wonder why their stuff doesn't work. They wonder why they get negative reviews. They wonder why things don't scale. I'm like, because you're missing the basic premise that marketing, the definition of marketing is a successful, long-term, two-way value-based relationship, not a one night stand where I'm going to take your money and not give you what I pay for and ghost on you, which is what most people do. And so those are a couple things that I really, really like to tell people, which is also why I trademarked relationships beat algorithms. Like I literally trademarked it because it's what I teach. It's what I teach my mastermind members, my business partners and everything. It's that, you know, at the end of the day, a credit card isn't making a purchase. A human being is making a purchase. A human being is following us. A human being is responding to our emails. And I always tell people, give it the family test. Would you be okay if your mother went through your funnel? Would you be okay if your grandmother saw your ads? Would you be okay if your daughter read your emails? And if the answer is no, I'm not okay with it either. Because that means it's my mother and my grandmother and my son and my daughter reading it that are getting taken advantage of. Do you have like, I mean, those are great examples. Do you have like some real specific examples like – I don't want to. I don't want to use the term hacks because that almost goes against yeah, with yeah, what no, you're I'll saying. Get, like, no, like I'll for example, if you're talking to like a young fledgling, uh, maybe a military couple that's still in the military and they got their young business or they're they're they just got out and they're starting their own business. They're pretty young. They're like, okay, we got to do this social media, digital marketing stuff. Like, what kind of things do you? come to mind when you first start talking to people like that. Yeah, I love it. I'll give you a couple easy ones. So like social media, right? This is my favorite one, right? The amount of elitism that exists in social media, right? So this is what I love. Small business, right? Let's say you have somewhere between a hundred and a thousand followers, right? You create content, you create content, and then you get upset that people don't comment, right? You'll get 10 likes, 15 likes, and nobody comments. And people comment on time, nobody's commenting, nobody commenting. I'm like, (laughs) Well, who the hell do you think you are? Like, excuse me? I was like, when was the last time you went to their profile and commented first? Mm. And then they stare at me and I was like, you have to earn the right to be in a relationship. I was like, if you're a single dude, do you walk into a bar and stand in the corner and just expect every woman to come talk to you or even every man? Like, you don't deserve anything. You don't have a right to anything. If you are planning on being on social media and you post content, and 11 people like it and nobody comments, it's because something was missing for you to get them to comment. Uh And I was like, and most of the time, it's the initial touch point of the relationship, right? And I said, but instead, you blame them and you're like, I'll go find more followers, I'll go find more followers without realizing that you're breaking relationships and setting a really bad paradigm in the relationship. And I was like, so for me, you have to respond to everybody, right? Because this isn't like a oh, like I'm just going to post this and expect you to do something. Like you have to take people on a journey. Three years ago, it took an average consumer 26 touch points once they self-identified with a problem to spend $60. So somebody would be like, I want a new whey protein. Three years ago, I want a whey protein. It took 26 touch points before they committed to spending $60 and they knew what they wanted. Now we're upwards in like the 50 and 75. So when you think about social media, You have to earn the right for people to be in a relationship with you. And it doesn't come by being an elitist or having an ego and being like, oh, I posted today. Everybody should consume it. Like your content's not that good. None of ours is. Mm -hmm. We're competing with millions and millions and millions of other people. And the nature of that thought is what hurts most businesses because people aren't there to consume the content. They're there to consume the relationship. And that's why they're loyal. And so when you think about social media – Let's say right now your Instagram gets 10 likes a post and no comments. 
every single day you post and those 10 people like it, I want you to click on the 10 likes and then I want you to go to each of their profiles and I want you to leave a comment on their last post encouraging them, not asking them to come follow you, not asking them to comment, but to actually give value. And if you do this for seven days or 14 days or 30 days, you won't be able to handle the amount of engagement that you get because you're actually understanding what motivates humans to be on the platforms in the first place. And so social media is a really, really good example for me. Yeah. Another another one is uh, with social media. I see this all the time. People are like, okay, I'm on social media. I'm like, where? They're like, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And like, yeah, I just don't know why it doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, because it's really easy to get full-time results from part-time effort, right? It's like, <laughs> no, you have to be all in. And listen, this is my advice I give entrepreneurs. If you wake up in the morning, notice what the first social media app you open is. That's the app that you belong on. Hmm. And that's probably the app that most of your avatar uses as well because most of us create businesses to solve our own problems and then share that result with the world. And so if you wake up and you're on Instagram every morning, please just spend your time on Instagram and go deep, right? Like go all the way as many levels deep as possible, right? And so I'll give you another example when it comes to e-commerce, right? So cart abandonment sequences are the bane of my existence. Somebody adds a product to a cart and then they leave and then we insult their intelligence and send them an email that says, hey, you forgot something. <laughs> no, I didn't freaking forget anything. You sucked, and I'm not interested because you didn't help me solve my problem. Yeah. Right? And it's like, oh, yeah. And then what's the best part is then you send them back to the same page they said no on. And this is my favorite part. Industry standard, people recover about 3%. So that means out of 100 people, only three said yes. So if I extrapolated that forward and I put 10,000 people in a room that came through your website and I said, how many of you like me? Out of 10,000 people, only 300 hands go up. And I said, how many of you had a negative experience with me? And 9,700 hands go up. And then mm. people wonder why their business doesn't scale. You're disrespectful. You're not understanding what's happening in your customer. You're not realizing that you're the one that failed to complete the purchase, not them. And so I started this five years ago. I started teaching companies on how to do cart gift sequences. And so literally, like, let's say you come add one of your supplements to my cart, uh, one of the collagen companies I built. You add the collagen, you don't leave. I send you an email 30 minutes later and I said, I'm sorry. And the email says, I'm genuinely sorry because you gave me the one asset that I can never give back to you, which is time. And I saw that you were interested in our collagen, but for whatever reason, we failed to meet the mark or for it to be the right fit. So instead of me sending you back to my collagen and insulting your intelligence like everybody else that you shop with – I wanted to give you this free three-part video series on how to achieve the same results you could achieve with collagen, but in your natural diet, your sleep, and your routine every single day, just as a way to say thank you. Email two, have you watched it yet? Like, I'm genuinely curious if you've watched it because I want to help you, and I'm totally ethically bribing you. So here's the videos again. Pay very att close attention to this part and this part and make that recipe tomorrow. Email three. Subject line, I'm ethically bribing you. Yes, I'm being honest with you. Just might as well go straight for the jugular objection. I literally only sent you those videos and that gift because I need something from you. But what I need isn't what you think. I need an honest opinion. If you could just hit reply to this email and let me know what I missed and what was missing for you, it would be super helpful for me and my team 
to make some adjustments in our leadership to ensure that we can serve people like you, and it would mean the world to me. Email four, I'm sorry I missed all of these points. Question one, answer one. Basically copy and paste all the feedback. So I just want you to know this is the last time you're going to hear about this product. My team and my commitment to you is to help you achieve whatever goal that you set out to achieve. You can hit reply to this email at any time. You can join our Facebook group or you can follow us on social and we'll be here to support you. Let us know how we can help. Now, here's what's nuts. That's an actual sequence that I've written probably 500 times. Hmm. Card abandonment sequences on average normally recover somewhere between 2 and 6%. Mm-hmm. On one of those with one company, I recovered 58% of card abandonments by building a relationship with the customer. Wow. Just to give you numbers, that one email sequence, when it was standard, was recovering about $110,000 a month. When I wrote mine, it started recovering multiple seven figures a month. So I'm talking about a difference of $3 million by changing three emails. <laughs> By understanding human psychology and human relationships and yeah. not making it about me and the purchase. And so those are a couple tangible examples that I can give you that just come right off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I'm curious about the social media part going back yeah. to that. So Please. <clears throat> realistically, a solopreneur, real, real small business, two, you know, two, three people slugging it out every day. Um, how can they scale that concept of, I guess that's the right term. How do you scale the concept of going into your favorite social media platform every day and comment, genuinely commenting on other people's uh, posts and stuff like that to develop that relationship? Or is it, or is, yep. it, is it realistic to think you can scale it or? Yep. Yeah. No, it's a great question. Here's what's funny. <laughs> it's the only way you can scale it. That's it's what's just, beautiful just about it. Get, get, getting in there and getting your hands dirty and being real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, it's like, don't tell me that you want a happy marriage, but yet you're only willing to come home once a week. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, you get out what you put in. And here's what's nuts. At Civilized Caveman, at, when I walked away, I had, between Instagram and Facebook, I had 770,000 followers. We would get on average two to 3,000 comments and messages a day. I would personally respond to 80% of them myself. And it would only take about two hours a day. And this is a perfect example I give people. I did one live video on Civilized Caveman that had six and a half million views. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I got 6,500 comments. And I did this in a keynote. And I said, How many of you would love to do a live video on six and a half million views? Everybody's hands goes up, right? I'm like, how many would love to have 6,000 comments a post? Everybody's hands go up, right? And I was like, how many would love to make a half a million dollars in a video? And of course, everybody's hand goes up, right? And then I said, how many of you would respond to every comment? And nobody's hand goes up, right? right. And I said, let me ask you again. How many people would like to make a half a million dollars in a video? Everybody's hand goes up. I'm like, how many people would respond to every comment? And like two smart people put their hands up. And I was like, I made a half a million dollars on this video because I responded to every single comment without selling anything. 6,000 of them. 6,000 of them. It took me eight hours. And I said, one of you tell me that you wouldn't work eight hours for a half a million dollars. Yeah. And nobody would, right? And I said, but here's the secret. I've been doing this for eight years to earn the right to make a half a million dollars in a video because I never got off of it. Mm -hmm. And we responded to every comment from day one. 
And the thing is, companies don't exist without customers, but yet people ask me, how do they automate relationships? You can't. And you shouldn't try. Because the nature of that thought is a self-sabotaging business cycle. Because you tell me that you want to make six figures, seven figures, eight figures. I'm like, great, who's paying for it? Like, well, our customers. I'm like, oh, the ones that you don't want to take the time to respond to? (laughs) Right? Like, can you imagine walking into a car dealership just to window shop and they ignore you the whole time? Mm -hmm. No, right? So the question isn't, how can I automate it? It's like, how can I automate everything else that creates more time for me to be in a relationship with what matters, which is my customers, because they're the ones that are going to make me a seven, eight, nine, ten figure company. Wow. That's and awesome. so when you think about it, we're not talking about writing novels and paragraphs. We're talking about letting human needs, right? So if you know or are familiar with human psychology, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Well, mm-hmm. when you think about the online space, I just sum it up that The only three things you need online are human beings need to be seen, heard, and respected, right? Mm -hmm. And everything you do is training our customer on how to be your customer, right? So you post on Instagram and you're like, guys, I want you to share my number, share with me your number one tip to be happy every day, right? And you have 50 people that comment and you don't respond to any of them. You just train that customer that when you ask them for something and they give it to you, that you're not willing to give it back. And then you ask me why three weeks later, they're not commenting anymore. Because you trained them not to comment. Because they did what you said and then you didn't acknowledge them. You took it for granted. You didn't make them feel seen. You didn't make them feel heard. And you didn't make them feel respected. And you wonder why your followers go up and your engagement goes down. It's not because your content's getting worse. It's because you've trained every one of them that you don't care enough about them to respond. So why should they comment? Yeah. But then, but then flip it on the other side. You have 10 people who comment and you just take the time to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Send them an emoji back. Ask them another question. You're literally filling their love bucket on a subconscious level because you're having them feel seen, heard, and respected. And then the next day you get 12 and then 16 and then 20. And you've trained people that when they do what you say, you acknowledge and reward them back, which by the way is the definition of a reciprocity-based relationship And then objections don't exist anymore. There are no price objections. There are no funnel objections. There are no product objections because you have an actual real relationship. And I watch people chase vanity numbers all day. Listen, I have a Facebook group. That's my only social media platform right now. There's 1,300 people in that Facebook group. I give away content for free every day. I generate multiple seven figures a year from that one Facebook group with 1,300 people. It takes me less than 45 minutes a day to be in that group. Why, why do you choose Facebook versus LinkedIn or Great Insta? question. I mean, it's just because it Great suits question. you or is there a, some nope. underlying reason? No, no. There's always an underlying reason yeah. with me, my friend. Always. <laughs> <laughs> always. So this goes back to the field of dreams concept, right? Yeah. You have to be where your customers are, right? You're and right. so if your audience is 55 plus stay-at-home you know, grandmother – 
she's going to be on Facebook, but she's not going to consume or engage on Facebook. She's going to want you to read a long form blog post. If your audience is a 15 to 25, they're going to primarily be living on TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. If your avatar is CEO, C-suite, CMO, COO, decision makers, those people don't live on Facebook. They spend all their time on LinkedIn. And so you have to go where your customers are, not expect your customers to come to you. So for me, I'm not going to close a consulting deal off of Facebook or LinkedIn because I'm one of the highest paid, I I am the highest paid digital marketing consultant in the world, right? So people that pay me don't have any social media, right? So I spend a lot of time on phone calls and events and nurturing relationships and word of mouth, right? Mm, Yeah. But the people that are on Facebook are my future ideal customers. And so rather than me trying to find customers, which is a losing game, I spend all my time creating my ideal customer. So I give value, I give content. And and these people, sometime within a year or two years, they'll join my mastermind. They'll tell their CEO about me and then they bring me in for a quarter of a million dollar intensive because I'm in a relationship with the people that are doing the work and moving the needle and it's where I choose to serve. Now recently, we've nailed Facebook. We've been doing Facebook groups alone for 18 months, right? And Mm -hmm. my team looked at me. And by the way, guys, just so everybody knows, I run a mastermind, a consulting company, a podcast, all of our social media, and seven other companies. And I only have one full-time employee. (laughs) And I have one VA. And we both work about six hours a day and our VA works 22 hours a week. Um, And so my entire staff costs me $4,000 a month to have all of that done full time plus my time. And so wow. there's always ways to be efficient, right? And and what I found is when I remove ego from business and I stop doing things for validation or for the wrong reasons and I do them for the reasons that matter, which is deepening relationships with customers, moving the needle, having intense focus, it eliminates a lot of fluff, right? And so what we did is we've been running this Facebook group for like 18 months and I love it. I absolutely love it, right? And everyone's like, I love it, I love it, I love it. And then a few people started being like, God, I love this, but I would love some nuggets on Instagram. And we're like, okay, we're just paying attention, right? They're like, God, I really want some nuggets on Instagram. And then we polled everybody and we're like, hey, would you guys appreciate if we've started posting videos and Instagram stories behind the scenes uh, of business stuff? And they're like, oh my God, I'd love it. And so then I'm like, okay. So we look at it and we're like, do we have the time? Do we have the processes? And we're like, yeah. And I was like, cool. So I followed the path that my customers and ideal customers laid out for me. I didn't create something because I had an idea and expected them to come. So I build it with them, right? And so we built these relationships on Facebook and then like, God, I'd love it here. And we're like, well, we can do that. We'll repurpose content. We'll we'll trim it down. We'll, We'll meet you there. And when there was a demand for it, we created it. And now we are ensuring that we can give it 100% of the focus that we give to Facebook group, which is going to help us deepen our relationship with our customers, give them a separate touch point or modality or a lane while we're also launching a podcast, right? And so I tell entrepreneurs, I tell business owners all the time, you have to earn the right to scale. And earning the right to scale isn't you being like, oh, some some marketing video or some course told me this or I heard this at some conference, so now we're going to go be on this platform. No. If you go on a platform that your customers aren't on or haven't demanded, what you're doing is you're taking attention away from where they are and then focusing it somewhere else. And the pain of that fallout is horrendously bad. Mm. It's really, really bad, right? And and this is another thing I tell people too. You know, we think about anything, email marketing, social media marketing, anything. I have people come to me all the time. They're like, I need more customers. I need more customers. I need more customers. I was like, oh, stop. 
I said, what's your product? And they'll be like, I have a, a 30 day digital program, right? And I was like, cool. What do you sell it for? And they're like, oh, I sell it for a hundred dollars. I'm like, cool. When somebody buys it, how many emails do they get? And they're like three. I was like, cool. Do you have a hundred percent success rate? And they're like, no, I'm like, why not? And they're like, well, cause they haven't done the work. I said, no, no, leadership isn't advocating it on your customers. You can't advocate your leadership on your customers. I said, mm -hmm. if you haven't done everything in your power to ensure that when somebody buys your program, that they get an email every day for 30 days, or they get checked in for a total of 30 days and they're set up to win, then you've already failed. And now you're trying to find more customers to fill a broken bucket. You can't adopt any more children until you feed the ones that you have. And so if you have customers that have bought a program, they get one email, they're not taught how to use it, they're not guaranteed the result, they're not taken on a journey to get the results, they're not set up to win. And then their next email is like, oh, you bought this 30-day program and we're seven days in. Oh, here, go buy my other program. You're literally going to put yourself out of business, right? But then they're like, I need more, I need more. I'm like, you're just going to hurt more. And you're going to waste more money, burn more relationships, and eventually you're going to have to rebrand or relaunch a new company because you've destroyed your reputation. And so we have to remember that this is a long game. Like if, if there's a book I could recommend anybody to read about business, it would be The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. Um and it's a really, really good, lots of tangible, pragmatic examples of like what that actually looks like. But you have to remember that, you know, if you create a hockey stick, um, eventually it crashes down and there's nothing left there. And it's the worst thing that you can focus on because no good relationship happens overnight and no good business is built overnight. Rome was not built overnight. You know, none of the wonders of the world happened overnight. Mountains aren't built overnight, right? Like, if you're doing this and you want to do this the right way, you have to be intentional and methodical and focus on what moves the needle. And unless you're buying all of your own products, there's only one thing to focus on which moves the needle. And it's the, the depth of relationship with your customers or potential customers. And you need to do everything in your power to protect them, to nurture them, and to guide them, whether they give you their credit card or not. Right. And so that, yeah. that's kind of the best way I could summarize that. Wow. George, man. Phenomenal golden nuggets. Um, I wish we could go on for for hours more, but uh, you know, at some point we got to got to bring this to an end. So, um, again, we I believe we mentioned it once already. Uh, MindedGeorge.com is the best place yep. to find you, and and also in, in your Facebook group if somebody wants to find, That's you, where find it you there. That where it redirects. So, um, if you go to MindedGeorge.com, it'll take you right to our Facebook group, or okay. you can just search relationship speed algorithms. And then, um, depending on when people listen to this, it might take you to the Facebook group or it might take you to a page with the podcast and the Facebook group, but we give everything away for free in there and help you the best that we can until you're ready to join and do a paid program. And so there's, there's probably about a hundred thousand dollars worth of free content in that group that we post every single day for people. So yeah, it would be an awesome. honor to have people check it out if I can, my team or I can support in any way. You bet. Okay. And you know, one, one of the questions I'd love to ask, uh, military entrepreneurs is before we go, if you're talking to somebody that's in the military, that's new in their business, somebody that's about to get out and wants to start their own business, get involved in entrepreneurship, what kind of advice would you have for them? I would tell them to get focused and be patient, right? And so it's really easy coming out of the military to be like, okay, I can do all of these things. I can do all of these things. I can do all these things. Well, here's the secret. No matter what you do, it'll work as long as you give it a chance. And so stay focused on it and stay patient and realize that it's going to be a long game. Don't get distracted. Don't quit right before the finish line and stop moving the starting line. Pick something, start it and see it all the way through to give it an absolute chance to happen. Great advice. George, you sh shared some phenomenal good nuggets and uh, you know, amazing personal story. 
uh, there in, at the beginning. So I appreciate you sharing all that and look forward to your future success and hope maybe we'll have you back on the show, in, you know, another year or so and check back in with you. Hey, if anybody wants to follow up, I have no problem talking all day. We can go as long as you want next time. You just let me know when and where, and I'll be there. Go all day, all night. All right. That sounds awesome. Well, these two Marines are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>